Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Amen. It is so good to see all of you this morning. I hope you're having a great morning, and uh, I am. I'm excited. I, I'm weird. I, I know you, many of you know that already, um, but I'll confess it. I'm weird because I love crazy weather, and uh, I love storms. I love wind. I love all the stuff that comes along with it. I'm a little disappointed that they keep getting a little more mild. And so, um, but uh, for the sake of safety and everybody else, God bless you. I'm glad you're going to have a safe time. Okay? I'm not angry or anything like that. All right. Um, I want to reemphasize groups. Our journey groups are amazing opportunities to grow together. Uh, community is really where growth happens. It's the depth of growth that happens. And so we encourage you to check out all of our gr- journey groups. Get involved on uh, starting uh, the 10th. It's going to be a great time. And we're going to have a, a very fun time in groups. And then baptism. Go in public with your faith. Give me a reason to put the big pool here. Give me a reason. Let's get everybody baptized. Let's get everybody that's recently accepted Christ. And, and those of you that are coming back to faith and maybe need to renew that commitment or go in public with your faith. Let's just make that a great experience next weekend. And then I have a very cool ex- uh, <clears throat> story to tell you. Just in the, about three weeks ago, I sent out a letter um, expressing, you know, the needs that we have as a church. And we're always uh, in, in a place where it's a blessing to be able to have this big building and, and property and all those kinds of things, but those expenses come <clears throat> along with it. And we were just a tiny bit getting tight. Well, the response to that letter has been amazing, and it's been very, very cool. And in, over the last three weeks, we have seen $70,000 uh, donated to the church. Uh, 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 yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, and, and so about 55 of that was, was cash, and, and another 15,000 was a vendor that did some work here and we owed money to. And he said, Hey, I forgive that, and just gave it. And so, absolute, absolute blessing. That doesn't change the continuing need we have, but it does make a big difference in the future and, and getting us through the, the, the next, the, at least the end of the year for sure. And so we're super excited about that. And I just want to encourage you, continue to be faithful in your tithes. Continue to be faithful in your giving and your generosity. And we continue to see God do some pretty amazing things. In October, I'll be talking about a new initiative that we're going to have that I'm very excited about. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, we've been in this series called Ghosted. And the main thought of this is the goal of the series is to understand who the person of the Holy Spirit is, how he relates to us, how he affects change in our lives and what he does to empower and equip us to, for his work. So that's the whole goal. We want everyone, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> we want us all to realize that we are spiritual people. And if we're going to be spiritual people, if, if the more spiritual we are, the more spiritual the, the results will be. And that's what we're shooting for because the Holy Spirit who lives in us The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And so this spirit that lives in me, as when I connect and when I allow the Holy Spirit to take control, then we see amazing things happen. We see incredible things happen when we do things with the power and the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit, which has been the whole beginning of this series. We've talked about who he is. He is, uh, uh, he's God. 
The Holy Spirit is God. He's a person. He has feelings. He has emotions. He has a will. And the Holy Spirit is real in our lives. He guides us. Pastor Dwayne did a great job talking about the, the influence that the Holy Spirit has in our lives. And as a result, we are blessed to be able to be a spiritual people. We can connect with the Holy Spirit. And that's what the purpose of these altars are and, and uh, the opportunity to connect at this altar. And you can connect with God anywhere. Because he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And so you can turn around in your chair. You can, at your breakfast table, in your shower, you can connect with God. And it's amazing what you can do with him and and connect with him. And so he provides us power. He gives us the power to do things that we could never do ourselves. When we're under his leadership, when we're under doing things for him, he empowers those activities. As small as they may be, from a smile, I was at Lowe's yesterday, and I get out of my, my truck, and right next to the truck was a, a couple that was having a little um, discussion. <laughs> and um, I, I got out of my truck, I started to walk towards Lowe's, and they go, hey, we know you. And I was like, whew, glad I wasn't doing anything and, and they knew me from, from, from ministry in the city. And, and, uh, and so <clears throat> they were having a little trouble. And I prayed with them right there in Lowe's parking lot. And it's just so cool when God does stuff. You know, if, if it was me, I'd be going, oh, I'm going to stay away from that. But the Holy Spirit just makes it happen. And there's opportunities to see God do amazing things that can happen when we become the full spiritual people that we are intended to be. This week I want to talk about the body of Christ, how the Holy Spirit puts us together, how he has designed every one of us in this room to be a part of the movement that he desires to create in in this community. The local church is the body of Christ. You and I are the representation collectively of Jesus And that means that we are the very nature, in very nature, the embodiment of Jesus. And our collective working together and fulfilling our roles puts us in a place where we can experience the power of God like no other. That's why I believe in the local church. This is why I believe that the Bible teaches it. And we are then a part of the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit designs the body of Christ. He assigns us a part to play in the body. And each part must play its part for the church to function at its full potential. I think that a couple of commentators said it this way. The church has yet to experience its full potential. Because the church has yet to see everyone involved. Ouch. That's a step on our toes, isn't it? That's a criticism that I don't want to fulfill. I don't want to be a part of that criticism of the church. I I want to see a church, and I want to be a pastor of a church that leads a church into its full potential, which means we are going to make a big difference in our community, in our world. Why? Because we're going to be what Jesus wants us to be. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that it's not going to come without opposition because Jesus' Jesus' ministry wasn't easy, and it didn't come without opposition opposition but at the same time there was a a, an effort and today we experience the change he made along with the 12 disciples that followed him to promote the gospel of jesus christ into the world now there's billions of people who understand and know who jesus is and is going his direction 
So what is the Holy Spirit's involvement in the design of this body? How did, how did he put us together? Well, one of the things that we have to think about is our body image. You ever thought about that? <laughs> you really don't want to think about it, right? I mean, it's what you see in the mirror, right? It's the body image. And, and today, in today's world, I mean, it, it's, it, the body image is everything. It seems like it's everywhere. And, and people are talking about it and telling us how to lose the weight and how to, how to shape the body and wear different things that will tuck things in and hold things in and keep things from bursting out and all these kinds of things. And, and, and you know, body image, body image, body image. Wear this makeup, wear that makeup. Guys, you know, exercise, 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 and all this other stuff and these diets and every diet that you can imagine is all surrounded about body image. And I think it's overwhelming, to be honest. And I just love to eat. That's the only reason I exercise. <clears throat> But, uh, you know, we're concerned about our body images. We're concerned about the, the way we look. And I think the church should have a, a concern about it. I believe that we should be concerned about our body image. I believe that we should be concerned about what this body represents, what it looks like. Do we look like a, 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 a flabby Christ? Do we look like a skinny, malnourished Christ? What do we look like? What do, what, what's going on? Do we look like a buff Christ? Who's flexing his muscles and, and, and doing everything that God has intended for us to do? What, the only way that we can be the, the Jesus that he wants us to be is for everyone to be what God has designed them to be. Yeah. <clears throat> and so the only way you and I can experience the, the joy of seeing Jesus completely move in our lives is not as individuals, <clears throat> but as a collective group of people who are exercising and doing our part in how we've been designed to fit the body of Christ. Now we're going to look at this, um, this, this body that Jesus ta- or Paul talks about to the Corinthian church. Paul is an apostle who's talking to the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church is a mess. This is just a messy church. It's a church that has all kinds of problems. They have all kinds of issues in their lives. And and one of the things that they've done is they've elevated um, gifts of the Spirit to the extent that they no longer become of the Spirit, but they become things of the flesh. That these things, that, that speaking in tongues, giving words of prophecy, all of these things have become so significant that they've elevated the gift above the giver. And there's a problem because they've, they, they, they begin to qualify people who have a gift against people who don't have a gift. And if you don't have the gift, you're out. And if you do have the gift, you're in. And it's all kinds of different problems within this church. I, I can't go into all of them. But today I want to focus on how did Paul address this issue? How did he say, okay, I want you, and, and next week I'll address it even further, but how did how do we bring this together instead of having gifts and, and the design of the body pull, pull us apart? And Paul begins to, to do this. He's, he says, um, first of all, he attacks individualism. We have to understand that the church is not about you, you and me as individuals, but you and me as collective body. We're a body. We're not just a body part. 
Okay? There's no part of the body that's more important than another part. We'll read about that in just a minute. And we have to understand that there's no room for divisiveness. There's no room for division in the church. There's no room for backbiting. There's no room for things that pull us apart. There's only room for things that bring us together. And the whole design of the body is to work in a togetherness, not in a separateness. And so it's, it's key and important to understand that. And so 1 Corinthians 12 is how Paul addresses these, uh, these issues in the, in the Corinthian church. And he starts in verse 12. He says this, and, and next week we'll get back to uh, verse 1. But verse 12 helps us understand how he pulls it all together. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts form one body... So it is with Christ. And I think we have to stop there for a moment and understand that the whole goal is for the body to represent Jesus. I think it was um, Gandhi who said, I, I love your Jesus, I just don't love Jesus' people. Which simply is a, 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 a statement, an indictment on the church saying, you guys haven't pulled it together to look like the man you claim to love. You guys haven't pulled it together to the extent that your, your Jesus that you represent is as uh, uh, attractive as he is in the Bible. And so, <clears throat> so it is with Christ. We are one body. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, <clears throat> and we are all we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So we have one body, but many parts. Just like you and me. We have fingers, we have toes, we have knees, we have shoulders, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. We form one body. We form one body. And, and this is so, so important to understand that if... that. If you're a believer and God has led you here to Journey or to any other church, you are designed to be a part of that body. You are designed to be an integral part of that body. And your value to the body is significant. And we must understand that. So he goes on to say in, in verse 15, Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed, and this is so important, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. He's saying that twice again, okay? As it is, there are many parts but one body. There's a oneness that you and I have that's beautiful. It, it makes us up. It, it, it puts us together. And the, the, en or the envy that you might have of somebody else's body part, and I know that sounds weird, but the envy that you might have of saying, oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm a, what do they say here? They say, if I'm a foot, but I want to be a hand. 
That doesn't work. You have to learn to be satisfied with your footness. You have to learn and understand how significant you are that if I don't have a foot, I am now debilitated. And now what has to happen in my body is my foot, my knee, my hip, my body has to completely compensate for that, the fact that I don't have a foot. And if you just say, I don't want to be a foot because I'm not a hand, doesn't mean that you're not a foot. It just means that you trying to grip things is not going to work out as quite as well as you think you should being a hand because you're a foot. And, and it's one of those things that we have to, to settle into. It's one of those things we have to accept. And unfortunately, in, in our culture, we elevate people. We elevate the popular. We elevate the talented. We elevate what but we don't understand is all of the things that we're given are for our sake or, or for the sake of the rest of the body. And all of, all of these things, all your, your design is significant to the function, not of yourself, but all of us. Is that making sense? That's why he keeps saying there are many parts, but there's one body. This is the value of understanding how the church works because we function as a body. We don't function as individuals. In America, we're, we're, we're being told that we need to be individuals. We need to be self-successful. Uh, self Self-made people. We need to be self-made. No. No one's self-made. They are collectively made by a group of people that have influenced their lives. And if we will allow ourselves to collectively work together and collectively grow each other, that's why groups are so important and significant, then we will function as a church to our full potential. But we can't sit back and say, oh man, oh man. I wish I could play drums like Santiago and I, I just wish I could do that. The problem is, is that if you look at me down here and you see me clapping, I'm not clapping right. I don't have it. I don't have that gift that he has and I'm, okay, there it is, there, okay, all right. And once I get on it, I can stay there for, unless something happens. And then I'm all of a sudden like going, okay, I'm off. And All right. And it looks like I'm having a fit. It's because I'm not a drummer. I'm a, I'm a noisemaker. That's all I am. <clears throat> and we, we, can, we can try and be something that we're not. My, you know, I, t I think I've told this before, but when I was a youth pastor, I started playing the guitar because all youth pastors play the guitar. I bought a 12-string guitar, not a 6-string, a 12-string, because I could play a 12-string better than I could play a 6-string in my head. Okay, and I got D, G, and A down, which is, fortunately, most of the songs that you can play, and I could play simple stuff, and I start playing, and my wife would be listening, and I know my wife's in the kitchen going, ooh, ah, and then finally one day she said, yeah, give it up. That's not you. Preach. Preach. Speak. Do what you do well. And, and, and lead people in, into, into the gospel and don't play music anymore. <clears throat> and it was a God-sent message for you and for me. 
Because when we are something that we're not, it's, it's not going to work. And we have to settle into that footness. Or we have to settle into that being an ear instead of an eye. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? I love the humor of this passage because it's, it's pointing out the ridiculousness that we have of wanting to be something that we're not. And so we have to accept that idea that I am willing to function as God has made me. I am willing to be who God has made me to be. But not only that, I'm, I'm willing to do what I'm designed to do. Did you hear that? Here's the problem in today's church. I'm too busy to do what God has made me to do. I've got my busyness over here, and not business, my busyness over here. And as a result, I have to say no to doing what God's designed me to do. And I'm just being real. Is that okay? It's normally what I am anyway. But if you are too busy to fulfill your responsibility, you are too busy. And you're not obeying God. You're not doing what's going to bring the most fulfillment to your life. You're not doing what's going to bring the most joy to your life because you're not in the place where God has put you and designed you to be. And I want to encourage you. We will do anything, I will do anything that we can as a church collectively. We'll do all we can to help you discover who you are. And whatever body part you may be, whatever gifting you've been given, and we will help you find that place so that journey can function to its full potential. Amen? Amen. Amen. Verse 21 goes on to say, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Would that not be the most ridiculous thing a head ever said? I don't need you. Okay. The feet walk out and the head's still left behind, I guess. I mean, this is how, this is kind of a very humorous perspective of scripture on the contrary those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable yeah the head thinks and the head sees and the head smells and the head tastes and the the head has a whole bunch of things going on but without the feet it goes nowhere and the feet seem lesser but not really no way not in any way shape or form from perspective, they may seem like they belong down there and they should be covered up, whatever the case may be. But <clears throat> we need each other no matter how smelly you are. Amen? You have medicine for that smell, all right? <clears throat> and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are in, unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together. This is, where, this is the whole message right here. But God has put the body together. The Holy Spirit has put us all together. You are here by design. You are here on purpose. You are here for a significant reason. You are here because you're valuable. You're here because you are special to the body of Christ. Yeah, amen. Giving great honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body. Division can only be created when we're all wanting to be one part, but we can't all be the part. So then conflict happens. 
But when we're all functioning as a whole, and when we're all functioning together, and we're all working together for the same cause, then we see no division. It says, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. You see the community? You see the unity that, that is created there? So important, so significant, so powerful when we all get together and we see the success of the church happen together. You see, the success of our church isn't up to me. It's up to us. Amen? Amen. I don't, I don't have to walk into a, a, a pastor's conference and, and walk in there and go, well, pastor, are you successful? Which is a common question that we all kind of measure ourselves with when we get in around other pastors. How's your church doing? It's not my church. It's God's church. And he's, he's the one that's putting the body together. He's the one that's collecting us together. He's the one that's sending people here. And he's the one helping us reach people in our community with the gospel of, of Christ so that the body can be complete. Because the more we add, the stronger we become and the more powerful we see the, the Holy Spirit move as we collectively work together to glorify the name of Jesus. The success of the church is not on the pastor or any one group of people. It's on all of us. It's on all of us. And what I hope and pray as we continue to grow as a church is that all of us would own our success. All of us would care about uh, how journey does. In the measurement of how we are glorifying Jesus Christ and bringing attention to Jesus Christ and bringing people to salvation in Him. That's truly the measurement. It's not how many seats people are in the seats. It's not how much money is given in the offering. It's how we are doing reaching people for the gospel of, of Jesus Christ and making disciples. That's the goal. High-performing churches are a collective group of body parts. Our collective group of body parts disciplined to perform at the highest levels and are the best visual version of Jesus to their communities. You guys excited about being a high-performing church? Yeah. I hope you are. If you're a Christian, you are here to serve, not to be served. If you're a Christian, you are designed to be a part of the function of the body of Christ. If you're waiting for a blessing to happen before you become a part of the body of Christ, you're, wait, you're, you're doing it backwards. Because obedience comes before blessing. If you're waiting to step into something that's just going to be great and grandeur, it never happens until there's obedience. The greatness follows obedience. Great and greatness follows discipline. Greatness follows the ability to, to, to be involved and do what we're called to do. And as soon as you do that, I've, I've prayed for a muscular body. I've prayed for a skinny middle. I've prayed for all these things. And you know what? None of it happens no matter how much I pray. Until I do something about it. Until I eat differently. Until I exercise. And I'm just being real and raw because that's... Many of us want to step into this big blessing, right? Oh God, just pour out your blessing on me right now. God, that's our prayer. But we're not praying, Oh God, lead me to the very discipline that I need to have in my life so that I can be great in you. Whoa. That sounds like work. 
That sounds like a challenge. That sounds like I have to do something. I have to get up earlier. I have to, you know, work out my, my spiritual muscles. What, what does it mean? It means I have to do something. High-performing churches just don't happen. They have people that say yes to the Lord and yes to their design and yes to their purpose and yes to doing whatever God's called them to do. That's a high-performing church. I'm a church geek. I read a lot about churches. And what I read most is that most churches in today's world are what are called compensating churches. They're churches that are compensating for their weaknesses. So like I said earlier, if I had lost my foot or if I lost my leg, my hip, my back would have to compensate for the loss of those things because I don't have the foot and the rest of the leg to walk on normally. So now I have to walk in a different way and I have to compensate with other parts which eventually wear those parts out faster than they would normally wear out if the rest of my body was healthy. And what we have to understand is that we can't be a compensating church. Every one of you, every one of you is significant. Every one of you is necessary. Not needed, necessary. Essential. Whatever you bring to the church is absolutely essential based on your design, based on the fact that you come and you do what you do. And, and in a couple of weeks, we're going to give you a catalog of opportunities to serve, opportunities to fit in, opportunities to get involved. And, and God's going to guide you. I'm going to ask you to pray right now that, that God will just give you an insight as to who you are, how you're designed, what you can do. Maybe you need to spend a little bit of time in a group and discover some of that. But whatever the case may be, if everybody in this room gets involved and you fit where you belong, we will live to our full potential as a church. And when we're done, God will say, well done. God will say, well done. Let's not be a compensation church. Let's be a full potential church. Verse 27, we'll end with this. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. (laughs) Paul just gets blunt. He says, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping. Wait, I thought there was another, there's another list, but you... In, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to talk about the, the gifts of the Spirit specifically. And what we're going to realize is that there are far more gifts than just the tongue talking and the prophecy and, and those kinds of things, which are all significant gifts. But there's a whole lot more. Are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and we'll talk about that later. But there's a list here that says uh, are all... <clears throat> There's gifts of helping, of guidance, of different kinds of tongues. There's all kinds of different ways and design of the church. What I like to to do is make my own list a little bit. Do all take out the trash? Do all teach children? Do all work with youth? Do all lead a group? Do all administrate the church? Do all keep the church safe? Do all garden? Do all park cars? Do all greet? Do all operate cameras? All do something. That's what's more important. That everybody is doing something. 
that everybody is doing something to help glorify God in our community, to help the church work at its full potential. And that's only done when we fit into the role that God's placed us in. When we take the part, the body part we're made to be, and we, we commit to fully function as that part. And so the discovery of that is quite often experiential, or experimental, I mean. It's, it's going and saying, I'm going to try this, or I'm going to try that, or I'm going to do this. This is what I think. We can, we can help you. We can, we can give you guidance on, on, on what to discover. But at the end of the day, it's what brings joy to your heart, what brings energy to your soul, and what you're naturally gifted at, and what God, Holy Spirit, uses to glorify himself in the lives of others. The danger, I think this is a danger at journey. You see it being done. You see things and it looks really put together. And I, I love our church. I think, I think we represent well. I don't think we're at our full potential because when we look so good, people kind of say, well, it's already being done. I don't need to get involved. But we need a rotation of people. There are some people that are tired of what they're doing. There are some people that need a, a substitute. There's people that need a partner in what they're doing. There's people that need to, to do things here that aren't being done. And there's people that are, are wearing out doing multiple things, compensating. And I believe that God is going to call us and call us to that place where we are designed, where the Holy Spirit has made us a part of the body of Christ. So what do I do with this? What do I do with this message? The altar call, honestly, isn't right here. The altar call is in a sign-up page. The altar call is praying and saying, God, give me direction. Help me see who I am. Help me understand my role, my part, my body part. And let me, God, give me the strength to commit to it commit to it and give everything I've got to it it doesn't mean that you can't your kids can't play ball it doesn't mean that you can't do their extracurricular activities but it does mean that you need to prioritize your role in the body of Christ amen all right all right no excuses if you're too busy to serve the in the body of Christ you're too busy you have to figure that out get involved this is the altar call right now no excuses. Get involved. The altar is in the serving opportunities of our church. The smallest tax makes, task makes the difference in the ability for all of us to do what needs to be done. Everything from taking out the trash, everything to, to leading a small group of youth or children or adults, whatever the case may be, serving by design creates energy in you and it creates energy in the church. And when everybody's in, it's amazing. It's amazing. I was a part of a church. I started as a part of this church, for, and it was 1,700 people. It was a big church. And by the time I left, at, after seven years, we were at 3,500 people. We did that through so many different ways. And we experienced that growth, not for any other reason than the Holy Spirit was involved. But there were so many people involved. So many people that I told that story about the guy that was just at the, at the driveway waving. Just, just waving as people walked in. But what we didn't know is he was waving and praying. And that praying 
was power. And it would grip the hearts of people as they were driving into the church. They didn't even have to hear the sermon or the worship for God to move on their hearts. The smallest task makes the biggest difference. All of us are important. All of us are significant. All of us are valuable. And my encouragement to you is today, let's remove the excuses. Let's commit to serving and being who God's designed us to be. And let's get involved. Let's figure out how to get involved. And we're going to give you all the tools to do that in the coming weeks as we continue to provide some materials for you and some opportunities, joining groups, getting involved in serving, and seeing God do some great things. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, I believe that your Holy Spirit is moving in us right now. You've led me, Lord, to preach on this so that we can experience you to the fullest. So that we can have the experience of being a full potential church, not a compensating church. That we can be a church, Lord, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit filled with your glory, filled with everything that's available to us to accomplish things we could never accomplish by ourselves. Lord, I believe that every person in these seats today and on this, uh, on this stream, this live stream, it is designed to be a part of this body. And I pray that you would help us, Lord, to find every place where everybody fits so that we can be full potential church, so that we can reach the, the, the masses in this community, one by one. I just believe you're doing something significant. I believe you're calling. I believe you're speaking to hearts. I believe you're guiding and directing. I believe you're making yourself known. And I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would move on us today. I thank you and I praise you for that. I give you glory. I give you praise that you are speaking. I thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit to move right now as you begin to speak, as you begin to touch the lives of people right now. We give you thanks and praise for that. As you speak into their mind, their heart, their spirit, Lord, I, I, can, I can just sense that you are speaking to hearts and lives to get involved in something, to get involved in, in, in the church. Lord, you are <clears throat> desirous of people to let their lives be led by you and, and to be guided by you and to be empowered by you. And I pray that that would happen this very moment. I thank you for that, God. I thank you for that. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you're, you want to be a part of the body. You want to be a part of the, the collective group of people experiencing their full potential. If that's you today, I just want to, to let you know that all you have to do is say, Jesus, come in and forgive me of my sin. I repent of the sin that I have. Repentance means you turn away from the old life you're living and you turn to the new life. And you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin and then you confess that he rose from the dead, that you believe that he has risen and that he promises eternal life. The Bible tells us if we make those two confessions, we are saved. In other words, we belong to the body of Christ and we are now children of God and we have the forgiveness of our sins and we commit to follow Him for the rest of our lives. If you're here today, if you're online and you want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, just repeat this simple prayer after me. Lord Jesus, 
I confess I'm a sinner and I've made mistakes. I've, I've done things that have separated me from you. And I ask that you would forgive me. That you would forgive me because you died on a cross so that my sins could be forgiven. And I thank you for that. And I receive that forgiveness today. And I confess that you were raised from the dead. And that today you are not a dead God but a living God. And I will spend eternity with you. And I thank you for that. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.